Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. You're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. I'm Caleb Nixon, bringing you the first-ever edition of Demon Time, Radio DePaul Sports' new show focusing specifically on DePaul athletics. Welcome to this new show where we are going to bring you in-depth information on every team within our athletic department here at DePaul. However, for our inaugural episode, we are bringing in the head honcho, the man himself, to discuss the past, present, and future of DePaul athletics. We are joined today by DePaul Athletic Director Dwayne Peavy. Dwayne, thank you for joining us today. We're really glad to have you on the show and talk some DePaul sports with us. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm really excited about what you guys got going here. I want to be a frequent listener, so it's an honor to be the first one. Well, we're great to have you. We can't wait to continue this partnership and, and get this quarter started off right. So, you know, we'll go ahead and get right into it. Um, as I said, I'm Caleb Nixon, joined by uh, Dwayne Peavy and then my co-host as well, Sean Graney. But let's talk about the athletic department that you've built so far. Right. Um, you know, you've come in for a few years now, you've gotten the chance to you build your foundation. So talk about that foundation, what you've built, and what you continue to build here at DePaul. Well, it's kind of funny, Caleb. It, um, I look at it where I've been here 28 months, and I'm not calling it three years until it gets to yeah. 36 because it's like it's kind of like a baby, right? You're learning. You're soaking in all this information. You're learning a lot about our department, our school, our city. Uh, especially coming in during COVID, but you're trying to develop something that's going to be fully functional and thriving, and you don't know what the world ahead is for us. Um, even though I came in, you know, you know, in COVID with my predecessor having a Hall of Fame 18-year career, I couldn't focus on what the past was. I had to assess right up front where are we and where do we want to go. And I saw that we had some deficiencies, some things that I felt like we should be better at, to be able to push forward, especially in our men's basketball facilities, budgets, you know, the goals that we had set in front of us. And you've probably seen a lot around the campus about Dream Big. Hopefully you've seen some mm -hmm. of our student athletes with Dream Big t-shirts. Absolutely. Because that's what we're here for. We're dreaming about being the best athletic department in the Big East. Not just trying to win a championship here or there or be competitive or even getting back to the NCAA tournament of men's basketball. We want to be the best. We're putting all our time and effort. Our school is investing in athletics and so we have to give them some return on that investment because not only do I want our student athletes, our staff, our coaches to be proud, I want every student, faculty, and staff member at DePaul now mm -hmm. or the alums that have worked there before to be proud to put you know that logo on their chest and walk around town and let them know that they're a Blue Demon as well. Yeah absolutely you talk about you know those core mission and values I think Sean and I have been able to hear those from you know you speaking in previous manners with us and we're great to bring though that you brought those into DePaul and are able to incorporate them into the athletic department. So let's talk about 2022. You know, we just entered the new year. Yeah. We're only four days in. <laughs> um, but, you know, 2022, it was really a great year for DePaul athletics. You know, just some highlights. The men's tennis, they won their Big East championship. Women's tennis finished second. 
women's basketball, you know what? They went to the NCAA tournament last year. A lot of great highlights, but talk about some takeaways you have from the last calendar year. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. If you think about it, all the way back to last January, February, uh, we were kind of in this limbo. I mean, if you remember, we were talking about restrictions and COVID and vaccinations, and we finished the seasons on both the men and women's basketball side really strong. You know, our mm-hmm. men finished five and five in their last 10 Big East games. You know, our women ended up making a push to get back into the postseason after missing the year before. Uh, we started out, you know, where we hosted Big East indoor track and field, and we finished second and third in those in men and women. And then we went into the spring and like men's tennis back to back championships. You know, those are the two Big East championships mm-hmm. I've had since I've been here. Um, and then women's tennis, their eighth straight year to finish um, uh, as a finalist in one or two. They've just been in that every year. Mm-hmm. It came up short, but actually, based on where we finished regular season, we upset to get to the finals. And so to get to that point, hosting softball out at Rosemont, you know, I had never seen the Big East tournament in person. You know, just all those things that happened in, in one 22 year before we even talk about the summer this mm-hmm. fall year. Um, it, it was a really great year for me because it was really the first full year at DePaul because the year before I had no interaction with students, fans, anything. And so last year, you know, that calendar year is kind of where it really all started. And mm-hmm. so now here we are in, in some sense almost in year two having yeah. that under your belt and seeing where we can go now. And I'm excited. This is our Jordan year. Let's get going. Yeah, the Jordan you know, year. Right here in Chicago, 23. Let's let's let it be special. Absolutely. And, our, you know, our general manager here, Sean Graney, sitting next to you. <laughs> he sent that out yesterday in an email. It's the Jordan year, and it, it truly is in 2023. But, you know, Sean, talk a bit, a little bit about what you saw as well, you know, being able to attend a lot of games, obviously broadcast a few games with Radio DePaul as well. You know, talk about some of the things you saw in 2022 from your experiences. Yeah, you know, and, you know, going off of what Dwayne was just saying about, you know, it was the full year. That was really my takeaway um, going to that Big East tournament in Rosemont for the softball, covering them. Um, I ended up having to do a Villanova um, Butler game um, because I ended up having to uh, miss the DePaul game. So, um, but just being in that atmosphere, seeing DePaul, seeing the women compete. Um, just seeing more of our programs in more high leverage situations was really my uh, biggest takeaway because coming in as a freshman and, you know, going home for COVID, you know, that was my, you know, big time second year of college, you know, couldn't, you know, you know, really see any type of growth uh, with the DePaul athletics. So, you know, seeing that, you know, with this last year and, you know, setting up this year really um, has been huge. So absolutely. And, you know, one key takeaway, I, I take away, of course, everything you guys saying as well, but. We brought in Anissa Morrow, and and she's been a very huge highlight for the women's basketball and and this department as a whole. Can you talk about, you know, what she's brought to this women's basketball team? Obviously winning many awards as freshman of the year and continuing to dominate with Big East honors in these upcoming years for her. Yeah, I mean, Anissa is a joy to watch uh, because she's such an unassuming personality. Uh, To see her even gravitate from her freshman year to sophomore year to be more comfortable in that role where she came in as a freshman with a very senior-laden team. Mm -hmm. Being, I'm going to do the dirty work. I'm just going to get here. Don't even run plays for me. Don't throw it to me. I'm going to get 15 rebounds a game and get my points from there. Exactly. And go out and score 41 points as a freshman and be national freshman of the year. Mm -hmm. And then come into a team where now you're in a totally different role. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody's trying to game plan how to stop you. I mean, I've seen shots go up in three different 
ladies are guarding her just to keep her from getting the <laughs> rebound, and we don't even know if the shot's going to be missed. I mean, that's how much has changed. And for her to still have a career-high 45 at Northwestern when we needed it, setting a school record, becoming the 13th fastest woman in the history of college basketball to get to 1,000 career points. And she's a sophomore. We got hit. You got a chance. You got a second half of a sophomore season to go see this in person from Simeon High School, a local kid. Like having a face of a program like that, I you can't take it for granted because you don't know if you ever run through that again. Exactly. And, and I think that's the one thing I'm trying to encourage people to come out to Wintrust and watch our women's team play, not just for Anissa, but if you haven't, that's must see TV mm-hmm. because. Last game gave us a whole, you know, great opportunity against Creighton where we we're down, and she starts off the third period going seven for seven, scores seventeen points in the third period, just to give us a chance um, to win that game against a ranked team. And so now we're trying to get better. We have a big game uh, coming up. Schedule we've got UConn coming up on the weekend. You know, going to UConn. I'm going to travel with the team there, um, but she's ready to take on that challenge. Her and Darion Rogers too students from Illinois, bringing in Anaya Peoples, you know, from, you know, you got this Chicago latent team, mm-hmm. come out there, watch the support, fun style, Hall of Fame coach, Absolutely. put up a lot of points, exciting brand of basketball. Uh, the tennis has been up from a year ago, and it's an exciting time, and it's really fun to watch, but hey, don't blink too fast, these years will be gone, and Anissa will be playing in the WNBA, maybe for the sky by then. Right? Yeah, you know, returning to Wintrust Arena, we hope for to see at some point when she is in the WNBA, like you said. A special talent, as you just described, putting up things we have not seen from women's basketball at DePaul. But let's flip the script to the other side. You know, 2022 and now coming into 2023, the men's basketball team. It's Coach Doublefield's second year here at DePaul. You obviously brought him in from assistant coach at Oregon. Talk about the improvements you've seen from that department and that team throughout his second year with your team. Right. I mean, like we talked about before, finishing that season last year, 5-5 five and five in the Big East, and being the best we performed late season in the Big East since we joined the conference in 2005. Give us a lot of excitement and hype going into the season. A bunch of new faces, you know, Davy Jones transferred to St. John's, you know, Javon Freeman Liberty going pro and playing with the Windy City Bulls, bringing in a bunch of Division I transfers, you know, uh, Mo Gibson, E. Ral Penn from Oklahoma and LIU Brooklyn, respectively, bringing in, you know, you know, you know Caleb from South Florida, um, and then having some guys that have been in the program now that have recruited mm-hmm. and brought in by Coach Doublefield, mixing with that. You know, we started out, I mean, the summers were amazing how much depth of talent we had compared to last year with 12 scholarship players because, you know, we had, you know, a late uh, uh, recruit uh, decide that he wasn't going to come in or going to another school. But, uh, you know, having that one to play with, we had a lot of competition. And then the injury bug hit us. October, you lose Caleb Murphy to have surgery on his wrist. You know, the week before our first game, between the last exhibition game and the first game, Jalen Terry breaks his nose, Mm -hmm. wears a mask, um, and Nick Ogenda also falls on his wrist. And, okay, now, all right, we've got two starters from last year that played a ton of minutes, plus one of our highly recruited players are out. Then you first two games you win – Third game we win at Minnesota, and then now your nays out before we go to the Bahamas, and then you're learning how to play with no center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jalen's still trying to get acclimated with playing with a mask, not as aggressive of a player. You know, Nick's still out, uh, Caleb's still out, 
then you hit this lull. You know, we lost two games there after trying to battle back to give ourselves a chance to win. Play Texas A&M at home, a team that came off a couple of losses that were ranked. And then you're trying to just figure it out because now you're playing a totally different style. You're playing zone more. Um, you're shooting it at a high level. We're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. But defensively is probably what we're struggling at the most because two of the best shot blockers in the league were Yorinay and Nick Agenda. Mm-hmm. And you can play aggressive on the perimeter when you know you got those guys behind you. Now we're trying to overplay everybody just throwing it in the post because we don't even have a guy that's 6'8", you know, playing. And then what are you giving up by doing that? You're either giving up baskets or you're giving up threes. And that's kind of been where our struggles have lied. And now, you know, Jalen's got his mask off. Um, even though he ended up missing a couple more games for a knee bruise, Yorinay comes back on Christmas. And even though we're on that big stage with 3 million viewers, where it's 25-21, we're in it at the under eight timeout in the first half. It gets away from you. But now this is the healthiest we've been all year. Even without Nick back, even without Caleb back, Yor was playing the first three games without practicing in a boot. Now that he's back at practice, you know, the best is yet to come. You know, we hope to get Caleb evaluated maybe, um, you know, this, this week again, and maybe he's less than two weeks away from coming back too. So if we can keep making progress, we're off this weekend. Um, home get big home game on the 11th against Villanova. You know, hoping for a huge student crowd for that because it's really the first men's game since students been back on campus. Mm-hmm. And Villanova's a team that's kind of figuring it out too. They got you know had a freshman out earlier. They're one of their starters from their Final Four team. Hasn't played all year. You know, trying. It's an opportunity to us be in that group. I feel like the league right now is split into the haves and the have-nots. And there's this little middle ground, and maybe Villanova's there right now as they get their guys back. And mm-hmm. we got to figure out we want to be which group we're trying to be in. And I think that's just a great opportunity ahead of us. We've got three straight home games coming up with Villanova, Seton Hall, and Xavier. And that's going to really help define who we are. And mm-hmm. maybe we get a guy or two back during that time period. Hopefully we don't lose any more. And then we got something to play for. Maybe we get Nick Ogenda back toward, you know, in February. You know, mm-hmm. I think that gives us a chance to see who we are. This can't be a lost season. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries. They happen. But I think if you evaluate where we are at the end of this year, it's going to be the key of how we have dealt with this, how we come together as a team. Let's create a home court advantage that's unreal. I thought the first two home games we had before the quarter break were really good, well attended from a student's standpoint and they weren't even high level games Mm -hmm. so let's say big east play we now got eight home games left what kind of crowds can we put into win trust to really see the impact because i'm telling you the best impact we can have right now is our students coming out supporting this team we will win more games and then the other people will start coming to the games too to join you because they see how good a time the students are having we got a lot of giveaways, promotions coming up. I mean, it's not a lot you can do. It's in the winter. It's cold. You got you a bus ride if you're on your Lincoln Park campus to get there and back. Let's have some fun and enjoy the rest of this school year while we can. Absolutely. And you talk about those home games, not only for men's, but also for women's. Mm-hmm. It's going to be important to fill up that student section, get that home court advantage like you talked about, and really help these teams succeed towards the end of their seasons. But you know, I want to focus on one game that has really, I think, highlighted the season for men's basketball as well. 
That Loyola Chicago game oh. was one of the most entertaining games I think I have viewed, and I think Sean and you were well, as well were tuned in. Definitely. Talk about that game, that comeback, and then the spark that you saw from the men in that game. Well, it was my first time actually going to Loyola. So one, haven't been in that environment in crazy, crazy first weekend in December. They're still, you know, they're not out of school. The student section is going crazy yep. with signs and everything. It was like watching college game day across mm-hmm. across the way. <laughs> And then we start off, and we get a steal for a layup, and Mo Gibson, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, dislocates his finger. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> Out of all the things. And he leaves the court, and then all of a sudden we get down a bunch of points. He comes back. He's playing with tape on. He missed a couple open shots. And I'm like, here we go again. We've been in this rut of having to fight back. But what a comeback. You know, I know Mo, he took the tape off. Yeah, all of a sudden exactly. He gets back at it. Um, you know, Javen Johnson gets it going, ends up being I mean, has an unbelievable game, couldn't miss when we got to overtime. But if you didn't have anything at stake, what a game to watch. But if you do for each one of those teams, nobody came away feeling like that wasn't great and wanted more of it. I mean, I heard from, you know, their president reached out to our president, their AD reached out to me, their coach reached out to Stubbs. Like, can we do more of this? Because when I got here, we just had this two-year series inherited it wasn't a decision maker, it's just what we were going to play, you know. And I feel like it's such an important thing for our city. I think Coach Stubblefield and I would like to see it continue. Uh, and, and I think we'll start having some conversations with Loyola soon on what that means um, going forward because I think it's good for our fans, our students, and both universities to make sure we're playing in some kind of capacity of not doing a, you know, a home and home event going forward. Absolutely. You talk about the Chicago rivalry just a couple miles apart. Sean, what did you take away from that game this year as well? <clears throat> that that game was the game for DePaul Benz basketball. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, tough moments this season. Um, you know, you gotta admire the resolve from, you know, the guys. Obviously, um Dwayne was touching on obviously all the injuries um and everything that has transpired for this team. Um, but for them to go um into Loyola and, you know, get a big win like that. Um, an overtime win in itself uh, in that high leverage situation, I felt like that was a big time moment for um, if you were a DePaul Blue Demon fan, if you were uh, a student of this um, institution, you had to be proud because, um, you know, we haven't had games like that, you know. So and, you know, obviously with the Northwestern game going how it went, um, that Loyola game is the one that's going to stick with us for this season uh, by itself. So, yeah, Javen and Mo, like you said, Dwayne, too, they couldn't yeah. miss in overtime. Yeah, they didn't miss in overtime. I mean. <laughs> What a great performance from them, and you know that was, I think, a characteristic showing what this team's about and I think what we're going to see more towards the end of this season. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more questions, focusing on 2023 and asking Dwayne about the future and present of this athletic department. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. 
Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome back into Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons, giving you the second half of Demon Time featuring Dwayne Peavy and my co-host, Sean Graney. Let's get into a little bit of a Q&A here. We just talked about the men's and women's basketball team and what we saw from the athletic department as a whole in 2022. Now, Dwayne, I really want to know, was there one moment that stood out to you throughout that year? You know, a game winner, a celebration in the locker room, you know, a student athlete's performance, just one moment that stood out to you and that's going to be in your, your mind for a while. So for the calendar year 22? Yep, calendar year. I mean, three come to mind right away, right? And I'm going to do them in chronological order. Let's the hear first them. one was... Men's basketball, we're at Xavier. I don't travel with the team. There's some weather issues, and I'm hoping that maybe nobody shows up to the Xavier game. <laughs> nobody knows that Javon Johnson isn't playing, right, that he's, got, he's out with, his, with a hand injury. We've got like six scholarship players available for this game. But I actually take a commercial flight. I have all kinds of issues with my flight, to, and I barely get there to walk to my seat as they're doing intros. And we go and win that game at Xavier. Kavorsia McCauley, right? And it was packed. It Played was great. Voss comes out of nowhere. Great game. I've run on the court after it. We go in the locker room. We're, we're celebrating like we won the Big East Championship. And it was just that moment to let you know that despite all the adversity you're going through, nobody gave you a chance. Mm-hmm. And to come out of that with that win would just show like it was the epitome of finding a way. Um, and But that was just such a, you know, Terrible day getting there, knowing that we're a little wounded going into it, and to come out on top was a, it was a heck of a feeling. The second one was actually men's tennis. You know, after being you know winning an unbelievable championship the year before, to come back to back, and a lot of people counting us out that maybe weren't going to be the team that was going to win it, and to come in there with new faces and our freshmen that hadn't even experienced what the year before team did to come in there and be such a factor for us to win, um, you know, being out there and, you know, you know, before I didn't know what to expect. We had never won, right? We had been in those moments and, you know, Luke coming through and coming back and giving us that first win ever. But the pressure now to come back with expectations with, with new guys that haven't done it and our freshman lead the way, I mean, that was a pretty exciting moment for me and, you know, to be a part of that. And then the last one I would say probably is that Loyola game, right? Just the way the game came about. Not necessarily beating Loyola, but being down so much, coming back in hostile territory, 
you know, and how much and realizing how much that game means to this city and the school, that was pretty neat. And it's kind of a lasting thing, kind of my last one of 22. Absolutely. Three great memories yeah. for sure. A lot of I'm pretty sure I had jam packed moments. There's some crazy other ones. Oh, I'm stuff, sure. Yeah. Those are just the first things that came to my mind. I remember being to my emotional high. Yeah, absolutely. We need more of those in 23. We got to we got to double those up. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as we look into into 2023, though, um, you know, we still have quite a few teams yeah. here at DePaul that will still be playing through the end of the school year. Um, you know, obviously with the, with our uh, basketball programs being at the forefront, uh, what do you expect the first five months of 2023 to look like for these teams? Uh, well, I, I'm predicting a, um, a very good end to our seasons in basketball, right? Our women's teams get more healthy, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've now got four of our fr- five freshmen available to play, uh, along with kind of our core of six returning players have been playing most of the minutes. Um, you know, men's team trying to get some people back. Let's get into this role and see where we can go. You know, and I expect our women's team to really bounce back. They've had some really big wins and some losses that haven't been characteristic of us. You know, get back in that tournament. Let's get out of the last four in, first four out category and get back and show people who we are. And, we, and I've seen that in those last couple of games against Louisville and Creighton-ranked teams, what we're capable of. You know, our track and field teams are going to be the biggest surprise, I think. We've added eight or nine impact student-athletes, transfers, and freshmen on top of a team that finished second and third in the Big East last year. We're hosting again out at, um, at, at Gately, uh, the indoor championships for Big East, and I expect us to really show out, right, and, and have a better outdoor season than we had last year because I thought we kind of stumbled. Uh, both of our tennis teams are set to really compete at a high level, but one of the ones I think is going to see bounce back more is men's golf. Uh, we've got some really good returnees. Um, we've got some really good recruits and freshmen. I see us having a chance to compete this year and getting back to where we were two, three years ago where the last day we've got a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, where last year we were battling to try to stay out of the last, last couple of years. And I see them making the biggest resurgence. The one that's going to be very interesting is the dynamic of softball. You know, when you have senior-laden teams and you have a core that has been there so long together is such an enigma. You know, we got a whole new pitching staff. Nobody that's pitched significant innings at all in the last couple years is on the team. Your middle infield that basically played five years together is gone, along with your cleanup hitter, uh, outfielder, and Capalucha. I don't don't know enough outside of the recruiting pitches of how we're going to mess together. So that's the kind of – the fun one to watch because mm-hmm. you get to see it from the beginning to the end yeah. develop. And I know maybe Coach Tracy <laughs> doesn't see it that way, but I'm anxious to see that team come together because, you know, through transfers and being a really young, talented team, you can still accomplish everything you want to, but you haven't had a chance to demonstrate it and be on that field together. So uh, I think it's an exciting time for 23. You know, just finishing out the school year, mm-hmm. very strong. A lot of opportunities, a lot of student athletes. We're about 215-plus student athletes strong right now, and everybody will compete in this calendar year, in this in this school year. And so that, that'll be really neat, you know, just to kind of get through that. You know, and it's kind of funny taking our, our new president, Dr. Rob Manuel, through this the first time. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he's a he's a he's a bigger fan than me sometimes. Like I'll find out, like they say, hey, the president's at the, the volleyball, man. I'm like, well crap, I gotta get over to the <laughs> volleyball game. Like, you know, you know, he's coming up. Like he uh 
Um, he went to Butler last night with the men. You know, like you know, I you know, I I stayed in town. So like it's uh, you know, it's just it's just great to see the campus connected to us. Like there's no doubt from staff to faculty to students that people want to see us succeed, mm-hmm. right? And you need that because if there's any wavering in that, it gets really hard. Because now, as an athletic program, we're focused on seeing all of those units succeed too. What are the things that you need help with that athletics can help provide a pathway or bring attention to or to ex- explode or, or really bring more attention to this campus? Um, and we want to be a vital part of our growth. And, and let's see this generation. And I love the fact that we've got a, a bunch of students that they don't know anything different. They only know DePaul with – you know, me as athletic director and dreaming big about what we're trying to accomplish and let's just further our relationships and grow this thing. And I think this is the school year where that really jumps off. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking forward to it. I know here at Radio DePaul Sports to cover these sports teams here. And you talk about a lot of them. Most of those sports we will be covering here on this <laughs> new show with Demon Time, getting some coaches in here, getting the athletes in here, learning from them, hearing from them, from them about their season. So we're looking forward to that. But, you know, sticking to 2023 in this athletic department that you have, do you have any goals, you know, not only for, you know, the teams, the coaches, and the athletes, but also within your department, your staff that you guys have set for yourself in this calendar year? I think the biggest overall goal from a competitive nature is that if we're going to continue to be invested in at a level from campus, like I talked about before, there's a return. But what does that mean? I want to be a top 100 program nationally. Now, we only have 15 sports, and six of those are track-related because it's Men and women's cross country, men and women's indoor track and field, and men and women's outdoor track and field count as six of the sports. Okay. So really only got 10 head coaches. And you can have up to 20 that count in what they call the NACTA Athletic Directors Cup standings. Your top 20. And you only get points if you make NCAA postseason. You know, last year we were about 250 plus. My goal is to be in the top 100 without football and baseball in all these other sports that people have, which shows that not just one sport like a men and women's basketball program can do great, and the most you can get is 100, but I want to show that instead of us getting excited about our men's tennis made NCAs and women's made NCAs, and that's our highlights, that needs to be the norm. Instead of being the ceiling, let that be the floor, where the teams that don't make postseason looking like, what am I doing? I need to step it up because everybody else is there. That's the goal, and it starts now. So we've got our fall started. You know, our cross country had uh, a banner season for them, some steps up. But men and women's soccer and volleyball, we didn't accomplish what we wanted to do. We wanted to take a bigger step forward. So it starts with this winter now with men and women's basketball. Are we taking those steps forward? Track and field and indoor. Then as we talked about the spring and softball and the tennises, golf and outdoor track, we've got to start pushing toward that top 100. And everybody's got to do their part, but it's a collective excitement. We're rooting for everybody because we can't get there without everybody putting Mm -hmm. into it. And so that's why we value every sport and every student athlete because we can't accomplish our goals just on one person doing well. Absolutely. And we got to start. Hey, playtime's over, and there's more honeymoon. We got to. I want results. Like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, you know, just like the school is investing in us, and Dr. Emanuel can say I'm expecting return. Well, if I'm investing in your sport as an athletic director, I'm expecting a return on that investment too. So we're going to get better, and we're going we're gonna to die trying because we've got to get better. But I love the fact that my 10 head coaches 
they love spending time with each other. You've got a varied experience, some first-time head coaches, some Hall of Fame, and but a lot of people that have been at DePaul a while or a short period of time. and But they're really collective on rooting for each other, pulling for each other, and knowing that we all help each other succeed. And it's a great place, and that's one of the things I love about DePaul is the people here. Yeah, you talk about accountability and, you know, them producing results, but you also talk about, you know, the companionship that this program has. Like you just mentioned, the coaches get along so well, the athletes as well. It's really, it seems like a family within that athletic department. And as a fan, an alumni, a supporter of DePaul, whatever it may be, that's great to see and great to hear from you yourself. Dwayne, before we go, uh, one last question. Um, You've obviously made it very clear, um, you know, with the interaction with fans, alumni, and supporters of DePaul Athletic is a very, uh, very big uh, thing that is of importance for our uh, program, for our, for our university. Um, but what is your message to them right now as you continue to lead um, their DePaul Blue Demons? I think the biggest thing is that we need you. And it's not just financial support. We need your actual support of being mm-hmm. there, the attendance. These student athletes, these coaches need to know that they're not in it for themselves. We're not just us as an athletic department. We're representatives of this great institution. So whether you're a current student, faculty, a staff member, you're an alum, or you're just in the Chicago area and always been a DePaul fan, we need you out there at those events. And right now, that's men and women's basketball, but there's other opportunities, too, to support. We got our Blue Demon Challenge coming up on January 25th, and if you can't remember the date, it's 125, and it's our 125th anniversary of school. So it's on 125, and that's an opportunity on the financial side to give back. You know, in athletics, we're going to have several challenges where we've worked hard to secure a major gift from a donor, and all we need is other people to give to have the the 100 or 150 donors that donate to that fund to unlock the bigger gift. Or maybe you're interested in being one of those for one of our five guiding principles or one of our sports that you want to contribute back or help. What can I do to help? The other things that we've got to navigate is in name, image, likeness, NIL. We're starting a new LLC called Under the L, and we'll be announcing something next week where people can crowdfund and help give to Under the L to help us not just retain our best student-athletes each year. The last thing we want to lose is we've been doing really good. we got a freshman, and they go off to another school because, hey, you know, they're involved in more branding or name image likeness things. You know, we're not in a pay-for-play, but we want to provide opportunities here for our student-athletes too, and that's not just men and women's basketball. But we want to retain our best because when we have those kind of pieces in place, we can get other ones to come here too because they know those are opportunities available in the third largest media market in the country. So you're going to see some opportunities coming on that later this month. You're going to have Blue Demon Challenge that gives the one-day giving for our whole university. I think the total goal for the campus is $7 million, and athletics is $2 million. Uh, we, we did three, almost $3.4 million in athletics last year, which was just crazy to think of. And, and, but I know people care, but I really want to see you. I want to meet you. I met, I met with a We Are DePaul group Sunday on New Year's Day from people diehards that are on our message boards just to hear their passion and their concerns and the things they think we need to do to fix what's going on, specifically in men's basketball. But I'm willing to have those conversations because I want us to succeed. I want us to, to have those days and championships and parades and rings. That's what I'm in it for, too. And so I don't even go to school here yet. My, yeah. my wife's going to be an alum before I am because <laughs> she's going to get her master's uh, in June. And, and I can only imagine what it means when this is your school, 
you know, you've worked here for 15, 20 years, or you have your degree already from here, because I'm feeling that in just 28 months. And so I think that's the biggest thing. We need you. You're a part of this. We want to hear your voice and opinion. We want to see your face. And if you can't get here or you're not in the area, hey, come out and support. you got some opportunities where we really – every little bit matters. Don't think mm-hmm. my $5 or my $50 or my $100 doesn't matter. It does. For us, it might not matter at the bigger schools in the country. They might look at that as nothing. But for DePaul and DePaul Athletics, it means a lot because someday you might be able to do more later. Start giving a little bit now. I give to my alma mater, and I've been doing it since I could give $5. Now my name's on the locker room with baseball, right, because I could do more. And I think it just starts with every little bit helps. We can do this together. The greatest thing about DePaul and Chicago is that people want to come together to accomplish something big. And that's why I feel like this is a place for me and my family because we really could dream big and have an opportunity for those dreams to become a reality. And so I'm looking forward to the this big year to come, our Jordan year, and every year after, and coming back on this show and talking about some more great moments that we've had in DePaul Athletics. Yeah, we look forward to that. And, you know, just sitting here listening to this, it's great to hear about your camaraderie. And I think it's unique to see this. You know, you don't always see athletic directors, uh, you know, making such an interaction with fans, with alumni. And with staff members, you make it, uh, you know, a known thing that you interact with us around here. And I, you know, personally, as a member of Radio DePaul Sports, it's great to see. And, you know, just kind of learning a little bit about you here. Is there a reason why you're like that? Why you feel the need to give back to this DePaul community and interact with fans? I think part of it for me is that, you know, whether I was a kid, I think I attest a little bit to my mom. You know, my mom's a, when I was, my first 30 years of my life, my mom was a juvenile detention officer. So one, I stayed out of trouble. (laughs) But two, she was always the giver and the gatherer. I think naturally I'm a gatherer. I mean, John Calipari can tell me all the time that Mm -hmm. you're you're a gatherer, right? You like bringing people together. That's your joy. And honestly, as I moved up in athletics, even at Kentucky, and I didn't have a staff or a team, I missed that more than anything when I was deputy because my – direct reports had their own teams. I kind of felt left out. And so as you get into that athletic director chair where you have a full department, you got a campus, you got two, like it's like a buffet of teams that yeah. I can get involved yeah. and I can get down and get dirty. Like honestly, right. my communications background where you get to know everybody on campus, like I was one of the few offices that worked with the ticket office, the development, turf management, you name it. And I think that's just kind of my why. I mean, I'm, I'm in it for – the student-athlete growth, and if you don't lose focus on that and really want to help students and young people grow, I've got a 15-year-old and a 22-year-old at home. They're pretty keep me grounded about what's <laughs> kind of going on right now. And, and the world is so different. It is. You know, and I think about what I wanted to have. I started out at an NAIA school that converted to Division II and then ended up working for one of the biggest entities in sports at the Southeastern Conference in Kentucky and at the SEC level. And so I seen the full spectrum of it, and I know the kind of differences I would have appreciated at every step of the way. And the one thing I want to be able to say when I retire here from DePaul one day, that, man, that I gave my blood, sweat, and tears to be about the people to help them become the best version of themselves, which is definitely making me the best version of myself. And so it comes natural. I mean, I just I love people, right? And that's the one of the reasons that I came here is because even in the interview process, I, I felt it was something I needed just as much as I hope DePaul felt like they needed me. 
and maybe that matches what made it work. And and so hopefully we can continue that and feel really good about this relationship for a long time mm-hmm. because I know my family's never leaving Chicago, so I need a job. So I need I need <laughs> to do well at this so I can stay here the rest of my career. Absolutely. And like I said, that's unique. You know, not everyone is like that. I love to hear that you're a gatherer and that you bring people together. You've surely done it. It's not gonna notice and I hope you know that as the athletic director here at DePaul and we appreciate it, not only here at Radio DePaul Sports, but also, you know, the fans, the alumni, and the supporters of DePaul. Thank you for coming on. You know, that's going to do it for today. We hope to have you back maybe okay. sometime in the spring. Talk about, you know, how the winter finished up. Give us a little preview for the upcoming spring teams. We'd love to have you back on and, and talk a little bit more to Paul Sports with us. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, thank you. And that's going to do it for me and myself, Caleb Nixon, alongside my co-host, Sean Graney, and our athletic director, director here at DePaul, Dwayne Peavy. For the first episode of Demon Time, we will see you next week, Thursday at 4.30, for our next show. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.